the grace that still sets me Good morning, redeemed. Isn't that wonderful? Say, I am redeemed this morning. Amen. Can we sing together, no one like our God, E-flat? If we could, please. He stretches the heavens like curtains before him. I want to welcome you all into the service this morning and greet you in the precious name of our Lord Jesus. I know that yesterday was a very special day for one of our dear saints. Sister Ruth, 90 years old. God bless you. We love you. May God strengthen you and bless you. Amen. What a milestone. Of course, we have to say a happy birthday today to our brother Joe Waldner as well. God bless you, brother. We're talking about it in the back, and someone says, I don't believe it. It's like, well, it's true. God bless you, brother Joe. And you love the Lord this morning. Let's just sing this together. There's no one like our God as we just worship him together. He stretches the heavens like curtains before. of our God none can comprehend who is like him who is like our God oh there's no one before him there's no one beside him there is no 
truly there is no one like thee, O God. We worship you this morning, Lord, in spirit and in truth, Father, for you are worthy, O God. Glory and honor and blessing and power be to your name this morning, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Can we just sing that chorus? We'll prepare to go to prayer now. You are my refuge, Lord, and you are my sanctuary. And when I feel afraid, you're my hiding place. And when the storm the house of a God to let off the pressure Lord how evil this world has been added to so much of pressure and stress on all your children Lord I'm sure there are people coming here Lord with the unspoken prayer request Lord with the heavy weight today in their heart some with a burden for their children some with the Lord a heavy heavy burden for their loved ones Lord some is coming here to seeking for an answer Lord, we know we come to the right place. Not because of the building, not because of the pew, not because of the music. Lord, not even just because of the, the, the preacher. But Lord, we come here to meet you. Because Lord, we know Lord, you're dwelling in the person's heart. When we have a desire for you, when we have an unquenchable, unquenchable love for you. And sometimes we don't know how to express it. But Lord, we come here by lifting the hand. Lord, if it opened up the heart, we say, Lord, just come, Lord. Lord, speak one word and it will satisfy us. Lord, you can touch the people's heart. Or some people's heart are cold. 
Some people's hearts have been twisted and don't know how to how to do and how to live. But Lord, may this morning be a special morning. Lord, and we can we pray that the time after time, Lord, the service after service. But Lord, we never got tired of you. Lord, we're not asking the Lord that's a million miles away that it can't be touched by the feeling of infirmity. But Lord, we're coming to the place that the Lord is just so near to us. It's right beside us. Lord, if we can just open up our heart, if we set the tearing eyes, we can just look up to you. Lord, you will come to touch each heart. Lord, if there's a heart that has been lost the desire of a God, Lord, may this morning be a special morning that it was the tender hand of a Jehovah. Just touch them, Lord, so that a revival can happen. So that, Lord, you can stir it up. The one that's been become stagnated. Lord, we know that you will speak to us. Father, we dedicate ourselves to be a service. Lord, we're listening with our ears to perk that up. Lord, where was that? Uh, Lord, was it attentive? Uh, Lord, just let us uh, come to this place. Lord, heightens it every sense that it in us. Lord, made our face to rise it up, to rise it up, and, and to take it a hold of uh, God's word, not by our feeling, not by our emotion, but Lord, whatever Your word say, Lord, will say, "Be unto me according to Your word." Lord, we look beyond the, the person, we look beyond the, the physical part, we look beyond the, the brother Tom. But Lord, we look to you, Lord. You use our dear brother as he been dedicated as a vessel for many, many years. Lord, and made this morning he felt the strange feeling and the coming behind the pulpit to minister to the word just so in that channel. Lord, there's no resent no resentment. There's everything that's opened up that you can just flow through, Lord. We thank you, Father. Lord, for every need. No man knows the need. Lord, even that the person himself probably don't know what he really need is. But Lord, I just pray, Lord, may every spirit is under the control of your Holy Spirit for your glory. Lord, even at this moment, Lord, you gather everybody's assault together. You gather every spirit together. If there's some spirits that are wandering around, I command them in the name of Jesus and bring them all back to this place so that they can listen to the word and listen to the lusts of the Lord, the Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lord, may this be a meeting we will never forget because we want to come to meet you and you already hear that we know that, Lord. So, Lord, speak tenderly to someone and speak forcefully to someone. Lord, if you need somebody to wake it up, Lord, just slap on their face so that they know there's a God is one to call their attention. Lord, we thank you. We believe you as we dedicate ourselves. Lord, part of the worship is our tithes and an offering. Lord, we give it as unto you. Lord, for the different people that have the need, some that can give and some that cannot give, but whatever they are, whatever situation they are, I just pray, Lord, that you make the double portion of a blessing to whatever that it is given it out. Lord, and may they receive it much more full than when they go home. Lord, and may all the offering and the tithes Lord, for the people that's needed, for the mission works, that some of the dark hands are in a different place that are reaching it out, want to have the word of this word of this hour. Lord, I pray that it make it a good use and to call the many souls and back to your sheepfold. Father, we thank you. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
have your seats as we take up the morning offering. We each start playing There Is None Like You, if you would please. We're going to invite our brother Caleb, brother Dan, to come sing for us at this time. As we sing this chorus, There's None Like You, and then we'll sing another song and have our brother Tom come this morning. Let's sing this together as they come now. There is none like you. There's no one else, Lord, can touch my Life is full of trouble We have our share of pain Some days it's just a struggle To stay above the waves But God is near the broken so lift your weary head He is so much stronger Than what you're up against Some see a mountain Faith sees the mountain move Some see the waters Faith can see us walking through 
So in this moment, just keep on trusting and believe. There are some things that only faith can see. torn apart but there on the horizon you see the morning break life is so much clearer through the eyes of faith some see a mountain Some see the waters, faith can see us walking through. So in this moment, just keep on trusting and believe. There are some things that only faith can see. the Lord. You grateful for a sixth sense? Yes. I mean, sometimes all your, your mortal eyes can see is that mountain before you, but I'm grateful that we can speak something into existence and know that there's a greater force at work. And we're going to invite our brother Tom to come, and maybe we could just sing that song, um, Is He Worthy? Is He Worthy of This? That's the one. Amen. We'll invite our brother Tom at this time, but let's just worship again and create the atmosphere now for the word to come. Do we feel the world is broken? We do. Do we see the shadows deepen? We do.
saints. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seals and open the scroll? He's the Lion of Judah who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died. Oh, stand and sing from every people. Worthy the lamb that was slain. Worthy. Worthy to open the book. You are so worthy, Lord. Father God, may that open book become an open reality to every soul that's represented here that might hear this little message. I pray, God, that the word would just not become words of man that we will read. Reiter. But it'll be something, Lord, that will become flesh, a reality of life, not something of intellect, but something we live. You indeed are worthy this morning. As we look into the Word of God, we ask that you will speak to us deeply, move us in the inner man, feed us from your Word, we pray. Meet every need, Lord. Save the lost. Save the redeemable in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Nice to see everybody here this morning. Wonderful to be in the house of God. Uh, the brothers will have to up my, whatever they call it, this microphone. Oh, my devil trying to attack my voice. That's where he always comes, my voice. So anyways, we'll, we'll preach what we can preach. I wanted, I told Brother, uh, I thought that was a masterpiece on Wednesday. Brother Jean preached. I told him he's a robber. He's an absolute robber. Brother Milko always used to say, robbers don't go to heaven. <laughs> but in this case, you do. It's just that he just walked all over every quote in scripture I was praying and seeking the Lord in the morning. But Jean has a unique way of, of saying and preaching. And it's something we love, what God's raising up. God bless you, Brother Jean. 
Amen. Thank you for the word. Well, without any further delay, Sister Ruth, I understand 90 years. That's incredible. You're incredible. And God bless you, always at your post of duty, always at your place. And to think that Joe was, I won't say the, did they say how old you were? No. We'll keep it a secret between you and me. He's getting old. But he's the youngest 74, I mean, the youngest person I've ever known at that age. Baby face. Amen. Well, God bless you. Nice to have you all here. See the church full. I'd like you to take your Bibles, please, to uh, turn to Matthew chapter 6, to bring greetings, of course, from Brother Biscal, Sister Biscal. We love them and we miss them, but God will be with them. Matthew chapter 6, verse, one verse, please, one verse would be Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. And if you wouldn't mind, we would read this together. Give us this day our daily bread. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. The disciples were asked how to pray, and Jesus gave them a, a tremendous prayer an outline, I use it as an outline in my prayers. And something stuck out to me, of course, is this 11th verse, and I'd like to... I had three titles this morning, so I gave all titles to, the, to those that are in the eagle's nest up there. I titled it, We Are the Breadwinners, Give Me the Bread of His Presence, or A Fight for Life. Which one do you want? I hope you can put it all together because I'm going to try and put it together for you. We are the true bread winners. Give us this day our daily bread. Brother George, Sister Hope, I just trust you had a blessed holiday. Nice to see you sitting here. Give us this day our daily bread. Now we often look at the scripture and everybody has, takes a definition of a word or and a scripture and ties scripture to scripture. And that's what we do. But just reading this scripture right here, Matthew 6, 11, give us this day our daily bread, we find out that it's called the staff of life. And that's, that's no mystery here. Give us this day our daily bread. And they had a bread product that they brought back, and it went off the shelves, and it was called Wonder Bread. I think it was Brother Biscoe said, well, after you've ate it, you wondered whether you ate it. It was no substance at all to it. But it actually, if you look up the word wonder, it has a mystery to it, a mystery. And, um, and we, of all people, have been eating this mystery bread the ingredients has been unveiled, and we are thankful that we have been called to this feast. Give us this day our daily bread. I had you um, say it yourself because you might not have prayed it this morning. And so if you would say it, that means the, the high priest will move on your confession. 
But if you could say this morning, Lord, use the servant that is ministering, that you could give us our daily bread. Because we don't want bread of yesterday, or even of 50 years ago, or of 200 or 2,000 years ago. We want the bread of life, which is fresh bread. Give us this day our daily, our bread. Give us this day. With that in mind, I I know this is going to twist your mind a bit, but there's a reason for me to go there. Could you please turn to Ephesians chapter 3? Ephesians chapter 3. Keep that on your lips. Give us this day our daily bread. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. Ephesians 3, verse 8. It says, Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And lo, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. According to the, I want you to make special note here, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have a boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wonderful scripture we are reading here. Today, whether you have realized it or not, but to the world, there's a bread shortage. The shortage is from the war in Ukraine. They gave a a number of points of why that there is a Bread or wheat shortage to make bread. It's a global shortage. It's not just a shortage in a locale, but it's a global shortage. And with global shortage causes increased price. And that's why you're finding different products at the stores. Um, Astronomical. It's incredible. The bride is getting squeezed. We're getting squeezed. But this shortage of this wheat, it's a global uh, shortage. They say it's number one cause of this shortage is COVID-19. They got to blame everything on COVID-19. My tire went flat, (laughs) COVID-19. I mean, goodness, let's start it right off. So then they... They said, well, the reason why your, your bread prices and, and, and shortages is because there's high energy costs. The farmers can't afford the energy that it takes, whether it be diesel or gas, to run their equipment. So then they said there's an environmental crisis because there are droughts in the land. There's floods. There's fires. 
Is there any other excuse we can have or what Satan could use to cause a bread shortage? But that is not the bread we are talking about. Give us this day our daily bread. Not the bread that we eat, but the bread that we feed on the word. According, as Paul writes to the Ephesians, according to the purpose or the eternal purpose which he prepared in Christ Jesus. Now, if you take a look at the origin of purpose, you'll find out very quickly that it links down to the food chain of bread. God's eternal purpose is to feed his sheep and that his food would give you the vitamins needed to meet the challenge of your day. How many here likes candy bars? Oh, they're good, honest people this morning. I didn't even look over on this side. How many love candy bars? Oh, look at that. I like them myself. In fact, I was tempted last night to go out and buy one, but I thought better not. Because consequences. Thank you. But if we ate something that we enjoy... It's not necessarily good for us. And it seems like everything that we enjoy eating is not good for us. And how the enemy has done that to us is incredible. Everything that's good for us, like, uh, yeah, like, I can't even say the names. They put it on salads and they're little tiny seeds. And they get in between my teeth, and I, I just can't stand it. And, but I find that it's a lot of the girls and eat those kinds of salad. So the boys have called it girl salad. A man's salad is leafy, not seedy. <laughs> Thank you. I got one amen. <laughs> We're going through the same problem. <laughs> But everything that's designed in Satan's Eden has to do with food. And what is that? We were, we were talking the other day and talking to a few people and we were sitting around the table and it seems like we were eating too much and everybody felt that they've been eating too much. And then the same, and same I, I don't know, maybe it's because we had visitors and so we're moving, we're going to another house for fellowship. We had more food and and more food than we can handle, and we're all feeling like a little overfed, full. And so somebody says, is that all believers do around here is eat? Well, I said, yeah, apparently. I said, we don't drink, we don't smoke. Right? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> we don't go to bowling alleys and we don't go to movies. But guess what we do? We eat. And God bless you, sisters. You're the best cooks on the planet. And we're the result of it. 
But as time goes on, you can see fast foods have become faster. And fast foods becomes a quick, a quick fix for a hunger craving. And that is a quick... If a lot of the single guys can fellowship with me on that thought. McDonald's is alive and well. Wendy's happens to be there. A&W is there. And, and, it, and it, you, know, you see them lined up. They don't have time to sit down anymore. They just got to go through the lineup. And they're eating food that is not necessarily good for them. It's not saying that I haven't eaten it. Of course I have. I'm not preaching against them. I'm just saying if you make that your daily habit, you won't be um, physically fit, <laughs> as to say. So now that we got that one out of the way. But what you eat has a bearing on how you even see. Because they said if you eat poorly, it starts affecting your eyesight. And so if you eat right, you see right. Eat wrong, and all of a sudden, even the veins that go to the eyes seem to start clogging up. And you start to say, I, I've got an eye problem. And it becomes more and more prevalent the older you get. And so I'm preaching to myself... I've got to start eating healthier. Right, Brother Joe? That's what we do. That's what we do. So what we eat affects even how we see. And so then if you want to take that in a natural, let's take it in a spiritual. If you eat the word, you'll see the word. If you eat on the word, you will be called, blessed are your eyes for they see. So it's your diet determines your sight or how good you see. Then it's very important for what we put within ourselves. And then we have to realize then God had to give us something that would sustain us. Can I quickly just start? I'm just laying a little foundation for you. If we look at that first exodus and they were hungry and they needed food, what was rained down upon them? And we all know the story, of course, it was the manna. It was called angel food or heavenly bread. That bread sustained them. And the scripture says, and there was no feeble one among them so history records that if you ate the manna you weren't sick so then there is a heavenly manna that fell for the children of Israel for 40 years and not one sick amongst them there has to be something in that bread So God's purpose was to bring a people out of Egypt into a promised land and purpose is tied to the showbread, the bread of his presence because it's God's bread that keeps you healthy. 
It's God's bread that keeps you true. Can you turn to John 6.33 as we lay this down? Bread is derived from the same root word purpose. Bread. In the old days, when a nation was going and war at nation, they were fighting for sustenance, for food. It wasn't just the land they wanted. They wanted the benefits of the land. And they were warring for food. And so that word, that root word, is not by accident that it means purpose fight or purpose bread, because in the old days they literally fought for their food. And thus, you are called, men, breadwinners. That's where it comes from. They were warlike to fight to bring home food for their family. I don't want to really start preaching right at this point, but we come to a time where we are and should be warlike. To start fighting for our food, for we are the true breadwinners. You hybrid the seed, you're eating nothing but garbage. But if you have pure seed, you have pure word, you have pure bread, then you're fortified by the life that's in that seed. Fighting. For food. Thus, you are called, and the wives can turn to their husbands and thank them for being the breadwinners because that's how they bring home the bacon. I guess that wouldn't go over well in Israel. So, if they fought for food and they fought, to feed their families. Surely there's some high priests this morning that can stand up to the word of God and say, I'll fight for my family for the food that will sustain them and keep them on this journey. John 6. St. John 6. Verse 30, it says, They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. It wasn't Moses that gave the bread. You say, well, we have a prophet in our day. It wasn't William Branham that gave us the bread. It was the God of Moses. It was the God of William Branham. So people say, you're following a man. I'm following the man, all right, who's leading me to Jesus, which is the word. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert as it's written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. But I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he. Are you listening now? So now we've read this for years and we've read it for years, but maybe just maybe the Holy Spirit might help us this morning to understand the scriptures in another way. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Who's he talking about? For the bread of God is he. So they're saying, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. But it wasn't Moses that gave you the bread. It was my father in heaven that gave you the bread. But now the scripture says, for the bread of God is he. Which is Jesus. Which is the word which is a manifested thought of God, was to give them bread to eat. Not just to taste it, to eat the bread. That's why you got to eat this. I'm sorry, friends. It's not something that you should look at on a Sunday morning, but this, is, this should be your diet. This is Jesus Christ in written form. Eat it. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. So now you can ask a question. You can get the right answer. But even though you got the right answer, it's whether or not you'll take that right answer. People say, I love your life. I love your family. I love your children. But they don't like what it takes to make your children the way they are, the way your wife is, the way she is, or whether how you live. They love it. They admire it. But they don't take it. So now here they're asking Jesus, give us this. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. That's tremendous. Because once you get him, There's nowhere else to go. He's your bread. He's your water. He's your everything. 
But that was what we were looking for as young men and young ladies and as uh, maybe older men and older ladies or maybe as children. Where's God? Well, Jesus is God. But what Jesus are we talking about? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he was with Moses, he is today. What he was with Jeremiah, he is today. Walking with the disciples, that Jesus is the same Jesus today. Now we're, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm laying out a strategy here. Because I want you to see that you are bread. She's him. You have waters of life. But whether or not people want to drink from it, that's a different thing. Whether they want to eat from your tree, that's a different thing. You are more spiritual than you think you are. But now the bride is finding out who she really is. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I say unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. And all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I am come down from heaven. Did he know who he was? Do you know who you are? I thought I heard that on Wednesday night. If I was the eternal thoughts of God's gene, I was in God before there was a molecule, before there was an atom, before there was anything, I was in the thoughts of God. As Jesus said, I come from God, I go back to God. You can say that this morning, I've come from God and I go back to God. Can I hear an amen? Amen. You're doing that real well. But I want you to, I want that, that blessed assurance of the word to become manifested in your heart. Because Jesus knew exactly who he was. For I came down from heaven. Not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. If you are a son and daughter of God, if you haven't heard the word long enough, if you're God's, you're always God's. You can never become half not God's. Does everybody get me? Sister Terry, you get that. You are a daughter of God. You are forever a daughter of God. There's no devil, no trial, no nothing going to separate you from being a daughter of God. Nothing. No one can pluck you out of my hand. You might as well rejoice this morning because I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. Hallelujah. I realized through a prophet's message, I am a manifested thought of the living God. You're not an afterthought. You are his thought manifested. 
Period. Period. You still, okay? Okay, settle down now. Doing no good, right? Okay. This is the will which has sent me, that all which he hath given me, I'll lose none. I don't know where that, even that thought comes from. Because if you're born again, you cannot become unborn again. I cannot be not the son of Roy and Evelyn Ray, as far as my flesh is concerned. I can say I don't want to be, but you heard it on Wednesday night. We are. Whether we like it or not, we are. We got a part, we got a part of the, the gene quirks. We all have gene quirks. You know, some, some quirk, and you can say, well, some are quirkier than others. Well, that's according to your quirk. Maybe we think you're quirkier than us or me. I'm more quirkier than you. Well, whatever that is. That comes from a gene pool. Uh-huh. But there's one gene that overrides that. Mm-hmm. There's one gene that we were told in things that are to be. That that gene came from Almighty God. And that gene brings this body subject to the Word of God. As Jesus knew who he was. Saints, may there be a revelation. You're just not a mummy having babies. You are a daughter of God. You're a daughter of the living God. I shall lose nothing but raise it up again at the last day, Sister Ruth. Amen. We have been given a seed of God that resurrects itself. Because that seed is God himself. It's not you. You don't have eternal life. It's the eternal life in you that's eternal. The seed gene given to you by almighty God from the, before the foundation of the world. In that seed. Now, saints of God, listen. I know we've preached on it. You might as well rejoice in it because I'm going to look at every one of you this morning. In that seed of God is joy. Amen. I'm really happy. Joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, meekness, goodness. In the seed, not in you. Oh, I got to be meek now, or I got to be faithful now. I got to be this. I got to be that. You got to be nothing. What did Brother Bram said? The greatest gift he had was to get William Branham out of the way. That's the greatest gift we need, is to get Tom Ray out of the way and let the seed now start working its way up to put on its new body. It's Jesus on the inside, working towards the outside. Amen. We're fighting for this bread. Amen. We're the breadwinners. Come on, mothers. You can be a breadwinner. Listen, who was in the field with Boaz? Don't leave yourself short. Don't leave yourself short. Come on. There's a Ruth in the field of Boaz. 
She brought home the bread too. It was Christ she brought to Naomi. There's this, this not brothers, it's sisters. It's one body. Well, you know, you're preaching to the brothers. I'm preaching to everybody. Preaching to everybody. I will raise them up in the last day. Thank God for that seed. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Can you imagine? Here's Messiah. And these little whippersnappers, you know, so pious, Pharisee, bunch of Pharisees. They were, they were you know what Pharisee means? I'd, I'd be ashamed to be in a Pharisee because they're, they're, by their own name, they're called actors. Yeah, just look up the word. Pharisee means an actor. He was acting religion. That's why Brother Bram said they had no seat of representation, but there was a little woman at the well. Amen. She knew nothing. She was hard up. The world was working her over. But one day, the resurrection came by her way. I'll not lose one of them. You know why we're still here? God's still calling one more. When the last one's in, prophecy, we are out of here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Jews murmur. Can you imagine? They thought that was the son of Joseph and Mary. Messiah. They called him Beelzebub. And we call him the son of man, the son of God, the son of David. Look what they called him. No different than they called the son of man, a son of man today. Witchcraft, soothsayer. Same titles. But you say prophet. You say son of man. Why? Because you're eating bread that's giving you sight. People can go to church and wonder what they had for bread. And wonder... Why they start acting like the world? Skirts hiked up over their knees. Makeup being put on their face. Come on, just stick with me. But if you eat him, which is the word today, you won't have a problem of looking holy, walking holy, speaking holy. I'll not lose one of them. They said, is this not Joseph, whose father and mother we know? Isn't this? No, you forgot. I'm no longer the son of Evelyn and Roy Ray or Charles and Ella Brown. You forgot this. Look far past the flesh. Look beyond the flesh. This was not Jesus the carpenter. This was Jesus Messiah. Those that had eyes to see, blessed are your eyes. You know what blessed means? Marcocus. That means those that have the seed can see. 
You're the only blessed. He's not going to bless serpent seed. And there's no way they're blessed. He's blessing you because you've got the seed gene of God in you. And you might as well rejoice because that seed is going to translate you into heaven. Hallelujah. Remember, verse 38 said, I, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Verse 48, I am the bread of life. Is that clear, Brother George? Would that not be clear for you? If there was a man standing there, this man called Christ Jesus, and he says to you, Brother George, I am that bread that came down from heaven. Oh, my goodness. Don't you think you'd have a revival? Can I say to you, this message is God's bread that has come down from heaven. Hallelujah. You can have a revival. You can worship God. You can glorify the king. You can give him all the praise. You're not eating junk food. You're eating pure seed. I am the bread of life. Verse 48. Verse 51 says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eats this bread, he shall live for... Have you eaten of this bread? He that has eaten this bread shall live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Verse 53. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Verse 54. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood shall or might have eternal life. Huh? What? Half is past. Half is past. That means God always knew that you would have this ability to eat this word. Half eternal life. Not has, present. Half eternal life. I will raise him up in the Last days. Glory. Glory. Can we say praise him? Hallelujah. But God in this day, he said, I am come down from heaven. What did God do in Revelation 10.1? Come on. Stay with me. Don't glaze now. We're just getting started. Who was he? Of Revelation 10.1. He was the covenant angel. It was Jesus Christ himself. Come down. So that you and I could eat him. Give it me. 
Give me this book. Give it to me, Timothy. Give it to me. I saw another angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, a rainbow upon his head, his face as it were the sun, his feet as pillars of fire. Who are we talking about? Who are we eating from? Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? Is he? Is he really? Then if Christ came down in the middle of the book, how about Christ coming down at the end of the book? That's why the Bible, or the Bible, the message says, the anointed ones at the end time, it wasn't the angel, his message. It was the mystery that God unfolded. It's not a man, it's God. The angel was not the son of man. He was a messenger from the son of man. The son of man is Christ. The Son of Man is Christ. In the days of the revealing or the manifestation or the unveiling of the Son of Man, that Son of Man is Christ. He's the one that you're feeding on. (laughs) If any man eat of this bread, you have eternal life. You love this message. You have eternal life. This message is eternal life. I'm, you're thinking, Tom, you're going way overboard. Hey, we're not the church denomination down the street. No, sir. We are, we are the bride of Christ that realizes who she is, who she's married to, and what the Word is marrying the Word. Did you get that? The Word marries the Word. You are what you eat. The Word becoming flesh and the flesh becoming Word. That's why you've got everything under your feet. The only reason why it's not under your feet, you don't want it under your feet. I say this morning, I don't care what complex you got. I don't care what disease you got. I don't care what the devil throws at you. You have the ability by the word of the Lord to put that under your feet. We're not talking about it. We're living about it. Amen. Your feelings go by the boards. It's word, 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 word. If it was by feelings, Peter would be still lost. Listen, I don't know if I could be called Satan and really have the victory. Tim, you call me Satan, I really got a problem. We wouldn't, I, let's be honest, Murphy, if, you, if I called you the Satan, huh? You go, what on earth is Tom talking about? But Jesus wasn't calling the man what he was saying. A lot of times we, 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 we judge a person by what he's saying, but not what he is. Does he understand what he's saying? Let's go the extra mile. Let's give the, the extra cloak, okay? You know. So we have to understand then. It's not by our feelings. It's by our faith of how we believe the word of God. 
Well, Brother Michael doesn't like me. Get over it. You know, I, I had a real awakening. There used to be a sister up there by Sister DeCurdy, and she was here for years, and she just did not like me. She just, every time I looked up there, daggers. <laughs> so I, I would not look up that way. But at least I'm here and she's not. I didn't have to preach at her, didn't have to say nothing. I just let it go. But God always vindicates truth. That's all. So don't worry about what somebody thinks of you. Just worry about what God thinks of you. Half of us wouldn't be here if we really took to heart what other people think of yourself. That is the wonderful thing about Christ. That's why Brother Brown said you'd be able to put your arms around them and say you love them. You're not being a hypocrite. You're being Christ-like. So this word, what did this word come for, Brother Roy? For us just to say, man has come down from heaven. Listen, the first time there was manna given, it was on an exodus. The second time he said, eat this my flesh and drink my blood, it was for another exodus. And in this hour, Christ has come down for one reason, so that you could eat yourself into a rapture. I'm telling you folks, your psychology books, throw them up, burn them up, they're worth nothing. I'd rather take the counselor's thought on every situation. sister was telling me the other day, she was visiting, she says, oh, I got my degree in psychology. I said, you poor thing. <laughs> that was my major. And you know what? Everything you learn, Paul said, you count. That's why I said, you got to count all that you learn as dung. But if you're going to use it to get you to a place that, I said, hopefully you're not doing behavioral psychology. He said, I really don't go for that stuff. No, she says, I'm going neuro neurology. What's person's neurons and what causes what that? And I said, well, that's good. That's a good study. I hope you're successful. There's only one book. One book. You say, well, I thought you said there's a message. There's only one book called the Bible. The message comes out of the Bible. Because a mighty angel came down and seven thunders uttered their voice. And it was those divine mystery truths that were under those thunders that are actually revealing Christ to you. Without the open book, without those seven thunders, we've got nothing, saints. We are just a denomination, just like everybody else. But those thunders where those revealed mystery truths were loosed and God had a prophet to cast those revelations to bring them back to you and I that we could feed on the body word of the Son of Man himself. Hallelujah. So then if that was Christ that came down, who was it that came down in 1 Thessalonians 4? Who was that? The Lord shall descend. 
Who descended? The Lord descended. So then as Brother Biscoe said, I think over 30 years ago, don't look for the rapture. You are the rapture. Because the Lord himself has descended with a shout. And he said, that shout is the message. And God sent that message to you and I. So we are part of the message. We are part of the voice of the resurrection. Said the same voice that raised Lazarus from the grave. It's the same voice that raised you from the dead. Brother, don't look for the rapture. We're in it, and I'm part of it. Keep feasting. Keep eating. Amen. Get away from the candy bars. Instead of Kit Kat, eat First Thessalonians. Coffee crisp. I'm hitting all the ones I like. But there's nothing like eating this bread. There's nothing like it. Then you start to see yourself in the word fill. And then you start to realize who you are in Christ Jesus. And that devil that's buffeted you can buffet you no more. I am born a son of the living God in the last age. Where now the time has blended into eternity. There's a rapture taking place. And who's the super church? That's basically, you have to ask yourself that question. Thank you, Brother Joe, Sister Eileen. At least there's two here that believe besides myself. I'm sure there's more here that says, I am the super church. I am the prophecy being fulfilled. Remember, there comes a time when the prophecy becomes history. Glory. And there was a prophecy of Revelation 10. But it took place on Mount Sunset. And God came down on the mountain. And God met his prophet, a son of man, meeting the son of man. A heavenly angel and an earthly angel coming together so that you, Judith, and I could eat from the body word of that son of man and move you from here to there. Turn your eyes upon look full in his wonderful face for this is the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them that are asleep for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven without what a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. There has to be a purpose for this messenger and this message to come. And a part of the purpose, if we go back to the root, is the bread of his presence. And that's why there's a table of showbread in the holy place that they had to rotate 12 loaves every seven days. It's beautiful. But if you have need of it and the devil's on your case, I want you to rise up and say, I'm David. Saul's on after me. The Philistines want to kill me. 
but there is a priest that's ready to give me bread. <laughs> Amen. You could have a devil running at you this way and a devil running at you one way, but God has bread in store for you. Ahimelech, give me the bread. He said, that's holy bread. David said, give me the bread. Give it me. That's what he says. Give it me. Give me the sword and give me bread. I love the type. Give me bread. Give me the sword. Give it me. So that's pretty demanding. That doesn't sound wishy-washy to me. You can look it up. First Samuel 20. David comes. He's riding. And there's with Doeg. 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 The, the Benjamite. Or no, he's not Benjamite, is he? He's from, where was he from? We were talking about it the other day. Anyways, he's Saul's lieutenant. And he's the one that got Saul on David's case. And then it was that Doeg that killed all the priests that consorted with David. I can't imagine. And that's why I said to Mike the other day, we were having a little bite. I said, I can't imagine Saul going to heaven. But I said, without the prophet's message, we all put him in hell. So, as we were saying the other day, do you want to put anybody in hell? Huh? Oh, I know one thing, those priests went to heaven. So that's just a quicker route. They went the quick way. But I segue off. But here's David wanting bread, and it's holy bread. But what that bread was called was the bread of his presence. And so it was the bread of his presence that sustained David at his time of trial. Saul was after him. The Philistines wanted to kill him. And yet David knew where there was bread. And I trust there's a few Davids here today that know where there's bread. And there's indeed a high priest that can give you himself as bread. But I thought it was unique because it was Goliath's sword that the high priest gave him, but it was wrapped in, in a cloth, the Bible says, and it was behind the ephod. And the ephod was worn by the high priest or a prophet that was going to prophesy. So it was Samuel the prophet that wore the ephod that covered David's sword. So I would say, God has given us this day a prophet that has given us the king's sword that we can go in battle and realize, saints, we're not going to fall in this battle because David went to the throne. Does everybody get that? If you are a David, there is a throne. If you are the bride, there is a throne. You can have mind games all you want. And people tell you this message isn't true and whatever. It is. Then you're not born again. You get born again and you will see God. So the priest gave him hallowed bread. Show bread was taken from before the Lord and was replaced and now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there, detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite, chiefest of the herdsmen. He belonged to Saul. 
terrible place to belong to. But the ram called and they belonged to a denomination. And David said unto Ahimelech, And there is not here under thy hand a spear or a sword, for I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me, because I'm on the king's business. And, and the commentators, they really like this one. They ever play, play with this one. He lied. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> Look it up. He lied. Who is the real king? Who is the real king? David's the real king. And he was on the king's business. And I want to let you know who is the queen. Come on. Who is the queen? We are the queen. And we are on the queen's business. For I have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Why? Because that bread was God's eternal purpose. To keep his children fed. It's the bread of his presence. And David said, not so nicely, a little bit forcefully, give it me. Give it me. Well, if you want Christ, why don't you say that this morning? Give it me, Lord. I want your holiness. Give it me. I want to be like you. Give it me. I want to have joy unspeakable. Give it me. I want victory over these things that have pled me these 10 and 20 and 30 and 40 years. Give it me. Give me the sword that I can chop that thing away. We're not playing church. We are the church. As I said a couple of weeks ago, and I think Brother Vernon Manahan made the comment, we thought Elias was to come. And I don't know whether he said it or I said it in my mind. I thought, God help us that we don't have anybody here left behind saying, I thought the rapture was to happen. Maybe that's why here and there people go. So that when you come one morning and there's only a handful left, you just think, well, they just left. Hope you're not here. I hope you're not one of them. But if you're born in Christ and you have the word in you, then you can say, I am that rapture. I can't miss it for nothing. Don't let the devil play with your mind. Give me a few more minutes. Divine healing. The power of God. All these other things is in every individual in here that has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Okay, let me, maybe I'll just go slower now because everybody's been talking about the Holy Spirit. Okay. If you don't have it, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive it, saints. 
I had, there was a gentleman who was in the prayer line and listened to the other day, and he came through. He said, sir, I can see, I can see something that's bothered you. Oh, you got the victory over that. That black streak is gone. I see what you're wanting, sir. You want the Holy Ghost. He says, receive the Holy Ghost. Go. <laughs> receive the Holy Ghost. Go. Well, saints of God, I'm not an unbeliever. I'm a believer. If a prophet said, receive the Holy Ghost, go. I receive the Holy Ghost and I'll go. You say, well, I don't have the Holy Ghost. I say, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Well, Peter was preaching these things. The Holy Ghost fell upon them. Let him fall on you. Hallelujah. You say, well, I never have an experience. You'll have an experience. Don't you worry. One way or another, you're going to have an experience. People say, you're not, you're not, are you preaching a non-experienced gospel? Never. I know what like it is not to have an experience, and I know what it is to have an experience. So tell me, as I told one young fellow, he says, I want the Holy Ghost, Brother Tom. I said, okay, I'll pray with you then. You'll receive the Holy Ghost. He said, but I got a specific request. He says, what's that? I said, when you said you want the Holy Ghost and you want to speak with tongues, I said, okay. I said, I'm going to pray. I believe, I believe when I pray, things happen. I just believe it. God honors prayer. Not just the person. He honors faith. So I said to him, I'm going to pray and you're going to speak with tongues. I said, then you're going to go home and you're going to read a message book and say, devil speak with tongues. Then you're going to question yourself saying, did I get the Holy Ghost or did I get a devil? I said, what do you want me to do? I don't want you to pray for me. It's an individual walk. We're not all born the same from different parents, from different nationalities, backgrounds. But one thing for sure, if you are a son and daughter of God, you will receive the Holy Ghost. And what is the Holy Ghost? A holy life. The Holy Ghost is a holy life. And that's where at camp people get a little bit mixed up. They say, well, I had great emotion at camp. That's right. I'm happy that you had great emotion. But if your great emotion doesn't lead you to a holy life, all you got was emotion. But if your emotion leads you to a holy life, you got the Holy Ghost. Deeper in this holy life till I'm lost with Christ and God. Now listen to what Brother Ram said now. He said, divine healing, the power of God, and all these other things is in every individual in here that's received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) So you shall lay hands on the sick, and only the pastor and the ministry and the deacons. No. You shall lay hands on the and they shall okay so now listen he said every individual in here that has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost you've been planted in Christ he says hallelujah the Holy Ghost baptism yes sir and everything you have need for this life's journey come on Everything you need in this life's journey. So it's either true or false. I'll take the true side. How about you? Everything you need in this journey is in you. 
Healing's in you. God's in you. Everything you have need for in this journey, even the rapture. Come on. Come on. Come on. Even the rapture is in you. People are looking for something that could be a Pentecostal idea. I'll take a prophet's thought. He said, is that God speaking or a man? I say, God was speaking. Hallelujah. Everything I have need of in my journey, Brother George, everything I have need of. I need work. God give you work. Everything I have need of. I'm a, I'm a breadwinner. Amen. I'm a breadwinner. I got to fight for food. If you do it naturally, let's do it spiritually. Hallelujah. So everything you need in life's journey is already in you. Even the rapture is already in you. So then somebody tell you, you're not going to be in the rapture. How can that be? That's contrary to thus saith the Lord. And Brother Branham, next statement, and you know I've used this quote over the years. He said, don't resent that. So now he was picking up somebody in the audience somewhere. It could have been in, in, in a whole different realm somewhere else. Could have been another city, another continent. He said, don't resent that. That's the truth. The rapture is in us now. You can't feed on Christ and not have the rapture. You can't feed on the body word and not have the rapture in you. I'll prove it by the gospel. Now he's going to take you back to the scripture. He said, those he hath justified. Those he justified, he hath glorified. Hallelujah. Then in heaven today... We're glorified in the presence of God right now. I'm just pushing out to it. Glory. God's in his word. You believe it. Keep pushing. Come on, Gabe. Keep pushing. David says here, Psalms 37 and 25. He said, I have been young And now I am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken. And you want to look it up in a few translations. Give you an idea for the next statement. I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his Seed, begging bread, word. So we're at just another level now. We're just moving you up the ladder. In these last days, the true bride church, Christ seeds in parentheses, 
will come to the headstone and she might be a super church in a thousand years from now. I'm sure glad somebody didn't yell out amen because that's false doctrine. God forgive me for eluding that. But to make a point, in these last days, the true bride of Christ, Christ's seed, his seed, not begging bread, his seed will come to the headstone and she will be a super church. We don't need fog on the platform. Lights flashing all around us. We don't need the reverb in our microphone to get the real thought of Christ across to you. Huh? I'm sorry, friends. You won't believe what they're feeding on out there. But we are feeding on the glorious body word. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. She will be a super church, a super race as she nears him, him, Brother Roy, victory, victory. Next time you want prayer, I want you to stand here, turn around and say, who wants prayer? Uh-huh. Come on. Are we the super church or not the super church? Are we, are we her? Are we the bride? Is she him? Is that the word? As she nears the headstone. When's that going to happen? 10,000 years from now? Or is it now? Is it now? As she nears it, Michael. Then you become a super church. Hmm. Oh, mom, I can't get over these video games, man. Kill him. Your dad got a hammer? How about a crowbar? Yeah? Okay, put him on a table and take that crowbar. Say, not my games. Yeah, your games. What? Mm, I'm stepping on somebody's toes. Oh, guess what? It'll help you. It'll help you. The music's no good for you, the graphics are perverted. I should have got a few more truths and amens on that. The music is demonic. Oh, you say, I play the volume down. Really? Don't tell me your subconscious ain't picking up what you... That's another subject. That was free, Mike. Anyway. Don't resent that. (laughs) They in the bride will be so much like him that they will even be in his very image. Isn't there a desire in you? Isn't there a craving in you? Isn't there some sincerity in you that I could get examined by the S-O-N of God? And let my vessel review or be viewed any cracks in it. Lord, take out the cracks. Take out the wax. 
take whatever you got to do. Let me be more sincere. You want to bind a mumba? Be more sincere. You want power to bind you? Get sincere. These things that try and jump on you, let that spirits go. I'm a son of God. I've been birthed by the word of God. And that demon ain't going to bother me no more. Amen. Well, listen, Brother Bramman took said to take just to go back to those games. It's not, I'm not just hitting hit on, I'm not poor Michael gets the brunt of it because he's sitting in front of me. But I'm talking about throughout here. Say, so, well, he was talking to Michael, wasn't talking to me. No, just a second here. Just a second here. Deeper in this holy life till I'm lost in Christ with God. Isn't that what we want? They will be one. You know, I was saying to a couple a while ago, I said, I don't even have a checkbook. I said, my wife has it. (gasps) Your wife runs your household? I said, no, no, you don't get it. She's only going to write the check that I want her to write. She's not going to write her own stuff. When Brother Branham said, write out the check, it was God, your husband, giving you the checkbook. Oh, he said, I could never do that. I said, well, I think you guys need to sit down and talk to each other. Because what he is, she is. Oh boy, I I must have hit on some toes there. That was not a good one. But it'll do you good. It'll do you good. Man, if I give my wife a checkbook, she'll buy until we have nothing. Well, you'll learn a lesson. (laughs) They will be one. Can you imagine? Here is a prophet. He's in South Africa. Prays one prayer, Brother Tim. One prayer. He prays one prayer. Saying, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. One prayer. 20,000 People got saved. One prayer. 25,000 people healed. One prayer. Seven truckloads of stretchers, wheelchairs, crutches, and canes. One prayer. One prayer. In 19, what, 52, 1953. There is a prophet prays one prayer, 20,000 get saved, 25,000 get healed, seven truckloads of crutches and wheelchairs and stretchers. Lord, help us be more sincere 
when we pray. There must be results with the life. Here's the quote, musicians, please come. He says, till we see Jesus glorified amongst us, let's see him. That's our desire. Give us the quickening power. Give us joy to know that we are with him, both flesh and bone of him. Being the bride of him and seeing his his same vindicated methods proving in us that he is now risen from the dead. And if can only be the manifestation of then the fulfilling of all revelations and any other spoken of the bride, it can only manifest. Now, saints of God, listen. Now, that's why you're going to have to do some fighting now. Do some fighting. You pay attention now on these closing comments. You're going to have to do some fighting now. Because now, you are going to have to be real bread winners. If it does something different than the groom, it isn't the bride. If our actions, if how we live or how we act, and we say we are the manifested thought of God and which we are. But God help us now to come to this realization that we are the literal manifestation. If it does something different from the groom, it isn't the bride. Now, the Church world had this saying, what would Jesus do? And that became their slogan. Well, 99.999% of things that they did, they shouldn't have done. But then what would the word do? Which is Jesus. What would the word do? As we examine ourselves on this Sunday morning. As we start to look on our inward man. And say, okay, I live a life. Is my life worthy of the gospel? And I say, yes, it is. Because as the prophet came to that widow woman, Brother Bram said she had to be worthy for the prophet to come to her. So you have to be worthy for this message to come to you. So you are worthy. Not a question of who you're worthy or not. It's now taking a hold And saying, I'm going to fight for my meal. If it does something different from the groom, rising of the sun, how many times quoted? It isn't the bride because she's flesh of his flesh. She's bone of his. She is life. You know the quote. She is power of his. She is him. My. Takes a whole different feel when we understand our position in Christ. 
we might be a little bit more sober, more sincere. And I haven't even got into part of sincerity and truth yet. It's the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I won't even ask the question, who wants to be more like Jesus? Because I believe it will be 100%. So that would be a futile exercise. But does not your heart want to be closer in relationship to him? The tares are maturing fast, he says in harvest time. Very fast under corrupt teachers who turn the people away from the word. But the wheat also is maturing. I trust we're more mature today than we were last week, last year, last month. That we've moved forward in Christ as Michael and Andrew and Ryan spoke. His truth is marching on. May it march in your heart and in your soul. Don't you let the gods of this world take away the life that you deserve in Christ. Give it me. Give me the bread. Give me the sword. Give me the word. Let me possess everything Christ purchased at Calvary. Let's stand. Bow our heads. I'll wait for everybody to bow their head. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Lord, the songwriter penned down one time to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. That's all I long for is to be like Him. Lord, your prophet played his part in the great symphony of God. Maybe we're coming to the last stanza in this great music sheet of God. Lord, I find myself falling so short and yet I realize it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you. Let that blood And let the reality of that blood, Lord, reach every heart this morning. I'm in need, Lord.
I want to be like you. Where I fail and falter, forgive me, Lord. Let me try one more time. That I can cry out victory indeed is mine, victory is mine. Father God, I just pray for every soul and heart that's represented here. Not to scold, not to hurt in any way, Lord. And if I have, forgive me. But to encourage in the faith. To press the battle harder than we've ever pressed. To lift up our eyes, realizing our redemption draweth nigh. Lord, bring us all to the place where you have called us to. Forgive us of our shortcomings and faults and failures. Our iniquities, our sins, Lord. I plead the blood. I ask God that you will deal supernaturally and individually to each and every heart that is here. May we press like we've never pressed. May we run this course with our eyes on the great prize. And Lord, may we one day meet each other in this glorious rapture. It's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of It's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my father, but it's me, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my sister, not my brother, it's me, standing in the need of prayer. Oh, yes, it's me, it's me, it's me, standing in the need of
what a promise. I'll meet you in the rapture. You never know what tomorrow holds. You never know what tomorrow holds. God might take me away or take you away or someone away. But our promise is that there is a land beyond the river that they call the sweet forever. And you say, well, Brother Tom, I, I feel like I just am not, not manifesting what you're saying. Well, I aren't either. But I believe it. And I'm going to believe it until I manifest that. Believe every word. I'll see you in the rapture. I'll see you in the rapture. I'll see you at that meeting in the air. And with One another and sing it up. I'll see you.